Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Yes, I do sound hoarse. I know my voice doesn't sound right. And uh, you can thank VAR for that, because uh, that's a culmination of me celebrating Aspie's goal and also cussing out the fucking referees for waving that shit off. But anyways, um, <laughs> before I go on a rant about how annoyed I am at VAR, because we will get to it. I have, as always, my two co-hosts, Andres Velasco and Sam Bagarzade. So first, Andres, it's a big week for you, man. You moved. You got a new <laughs> dog recently. I mean, like, this is a – you're making moves here. Yeah, no yeah. <laughs> I uh, moved in with my girlfriend and our dog this weekend, so it's been kind of a hectic week leading up to that, packing and – uh, the actual move. I luckily got the internet set up Saturday early afternoon and cable as well, so I got able. I was able to watch the match on Sunday. But yeah, I'm like still recovering from a super busy weekend. So if it sounds like Andreas is recording in the kitchen while using Apple headphones, it's because he's recording in the kitchen using Apple headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly I need why. to. I need to get my mic <laughs> from my previous home still it's yeah it's always uh, always these kind of things when you got to move i think everyone here understands right (laughs) yeah i mean i it's Sam. Sam, how are you doing man oh i had a long long weekend with uh had an assignment due today that's why we were recording on a monday instead of last night because i'm a procrastinator and i like to work uh you know under pressure you know, the more pressure mm. I have, the better performance I get, you know? So, so you are uh, so you are the opposite of Ross Barkley. Exactly. <laughs> uh. Wow. Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> I think now that you brought that up, I think we should just get into that match. <laughs> the, the first Champions League, the first match back into Champions League uh, after a year hiatus, uh, Chelsea nil, Valencia won. So... I mean, I'll go over. I'll go over the starting eleven. Back to a three-four-three again. Kepa in goal. Zuma, Christensen, and Tomori in the back line. Midfield of Aspi, Jorginho, Kovacic, and Alonso, and a front three of William, Tammy, and Mount. So, not a whole lot of talking points, just because this game was really just blah. You know, I mean, it was a game we should have won where we just didn't. Seventeen chances created, twenty-two shots taken, including eight on target. A missed penalty, a freaking asshole ex-gooner, piece of crap, Coughlin, taking out my Francis, boy. Francis, I got a small Coughlin. Yes, that, that one. Yeah. And uh, I need to tackle extra hard just to show everybody that I don't have a small Coughlin, that yeah, guy. Whose, whose most yeah. memorable memory is doing a pirouette and landing on his face. Uh, oh, that was the yeah. So that's 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 what his call to that fame is. That was his is. motivation. Yeah, that yeah. was his motivation behind that. I mean, he little... still he hates Stanford Bridge because he became a meme there. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, yeah, that... so he physically abused a nineteen-year-old boy. So. I mean, I <laughs> it could have yeah. been more of an infuriating moment, honestly, because of already how much I dislike him, and doing it so early against Mason Mount in a match where. We needed him so bad. Like, it, we looked so bad without him on the field. Thank God he was able to come back for the Liverpool match, but didn't really mean too much. But 
obviously, he's still hurt, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I still think he's fighting that knock. I, I mean, was, he, he I was shocked. Right. I was shocked he was back so soon. I mean, it was yeah. Ugh. That was a red tackle, red card tackle. Right, the dude's studs went straight into his ankle and like rolled over it. There's okay. just but ridiculous. Where the fuck is VAR? That's what I want to understand. I mean. The, the the ref that was refing this game that I, I I forget his name. All I know is that he's he the, the Turkish guy. Dude, he did, why is every he did the Champions League final? Why is a every Champions League ref Turkish? I feel like it, <laughs> I, I swear know, but, but, there's so but many. But that's like that's like completely beside the point because like this is one of their most top notch guys on the European stage. I mean, this is a guy that's that's ref the Champions League final. You know, and there's absolutely no uh, – first of all, he doesn't make the call. That's bad enough. And second, he doesn't even go refer to VAR. Who the fuck is talking in his ear? Is that a reviewable are, thing? Like VR was able to review whether uh, – Red was, cards, uh, yeah. Red, yeah. Potential yeah, red yeah. cards offenses potential, for sure. Yeah, potential red cards. But it, I, I don't know, and I could be wrong. But I do think that there could be some gray area with that rule because I think it's only – I think they could only review it if there was a card issued, period. Got it. Yeah, I mean that that's obviously uh, like from just in based on like what I don't know about that. I feel like it's it could be such a subjective thing and like you could really review any tackle if that's the case. But, but that's yeah, the that, it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean – you don't. You don't. You want the game to go along, obviously. Like I think this is just the typical backlash and back and forth we have with VAR. That when it works, it's awesome. But also when it doesn't work, it's the worst. You know, like and it's wasting time. Like some things are so clear yeah. and they review it. And it's like, why are they doing that? This is just the battle that we're going to be constantly fighting against VAR. And honestly, like he, it's just time to it's just time to either embrace it or scrap the whole thing. You know, he was literally five yards away from the tackle staring at the ball I mean, how do you yeah. not see someone's whole foot roll over somebody else's ankle i mean the screenshot was was terrible yeah it was terrible it looked like I'm a crying. broken ankle and Thank and god and, he was he was okay i mean just to give context like you guys were actually watching the match i was at work i wasn't able to watch it but you know i, I i'm on the phone most of the time at work and uh and and I didn't check I didn't check my phone for like a good maybe hour hour and a half just cuz I was so busy. And when I pulled my phone out, I saw Mason Mount get subbed off thinking, "Oh shit, like he 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 must have like done his hammy or something." Then I get another update that's, you know, horror tackle by Francis has a small cocklein blah 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 clicked on it. Picture pops. I honestly thought he broke his ankle, guys. And that's just by looking at the photo. And I'm not being like a hypersensitive Chelsea fan. I just think this is like – this is the problem with VAR. You either have to make all the calls or you just don't have it whatsoever. Yeah. Be because it, it, It's supposed to remove interpretation, like personal interpretation from the game. But then these referees are also using their own personal interpretation for when it should be used. Like, no, that – they need to figure sense. it out. It's 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 a very hypocritical setup. The, the the way they have the whole setup, like goal line technology, that's great. I love that, but it's clear cut. It's black and white. The ball's either in or it isn't. You know, there's no there's not fifteen people sitting behind a TV screen hundreds of miles away saying, hey, maybe you should review this call. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean know, this maybe. this is ju this is just the, the there, there's more to discuss later. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's also the same it's the same 
argument that's been going on since it's first been implemented like you know like this is the, this is nothing new but uh i think obviously the biggest talking point of this match has to be ross barkley i mean it was for me being on the barkley bus being being the bus driver on the barkley bus uh, the only member short, of the yeah bus. we don't have it's many an awful people short bus I, lately man. I, yeah <laughs> i've been i've been making oh, a lot Lord. of stops not bringing anyone on so uh i really but, hope that wasn't a short bus joke <laughs> cross cross barkley cross right, which i love it's just a whole are you talking about now. are you talking about his long range shooting no, I'm talking about his penalty when he hit the crossbar. Um, uh. So, I mean, just the build-up to it, because, <laughs> I mean, Cross. Jorginho is by far our best penalty taker, right? I mean... I love the way he takes his penalty. Yeah. A lot of people have a problem with it. I think it's I did. scares me, but yeah. no, it's, it's a hell of a ride. <laughs> I used to hate it, too. I mean, like, the first, uh, the first couple, you know, we got him last year. So the first couple ones, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like... And uh, but he is six, like our by far our best as far as like uh conversion rate. But um, <laughs> he he comes up, he 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 waves off William, says, "I got this, I got this," and like I I remember like sending in the group, "I can't watch, I can't watch. This this is not happening." <laughs> and then I fucking knew it, man. Like it, like it, it could not have been any more perfect. Like. That's literally the exact moment that I needed to to finally park the bus, get off, and maybe douse it in some gasoline and light it on fire. Because the Barkley bus is officially out of service, friends. I I, I have to say, it's <laughs> I, it wow. was a it was a long run. It was a good, it was it was it was not a great run. You know, it, it had some potential, but I think I got a. I gotta move on and uh, join the team Tammy. Team Tammy for sure. Oh but... baby! <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad you said that song because we had a like professional intervention set up for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean after that, there's absolutely nothing I could I could say to to redeem him, you know. But I mean, hey, who knows? Uh, still oh, got a man. long season ahead. I officially am off the bus, but. He has every opportunity to bring me back. Ross, if you're listening, this is your chance. Come on. <laughs> I haven't given up completely, but I'm off the bus. Um, do, you, yeah. do you guys actually think that he's supposed to be the number one penalty taker or, or Frank was just That's saying just, what I he needed to no say idea. to deflect? Oh. It is totally one of those situations. Sorry, Song. It's just totally one of those situations where everybody knew what Frank was going to say. Frank knew what he was going to say. But we all knew what Frank was actually thinking, and it like wasn't a surprise. And he was like, "Oh yeah, Ross is our penalty taker when he's on the pitch. Of course he's gonna say that. Like he's not. He's a smart. He's a smart guy. And I think we're start. I think we're seeing it in his in his interviews. The way he interviews is is really interesting because he's incredibly truthful and he's just flat out direct. Like he'll just say it how he feels. But he also kind of lets like a little passion get in the way, right? Like. This past weekend with the whole Fikayo Tomori thing, when he was like, "I, we have to talk about him. He was world class. But with the whole Ross Barkley thing, we all knew what he was going to say. And he was just being like, he was just basically playing the smart move. You know, he can't sit up there and like Jose, for example, probably would have just sat up there and said, um, no, Willian's our penalty taker. Or, you know, he, he would have caused some yeah. sort of rift. 
Frank is just avoiding it, and it's a smart move. Yeah, I just have three laws of penalty kicks. They're pretty simple. Number one, you don't let a goalkeeper take a penalty just because muscle memory, they're always going to sky it. Number two, I don't know what it is, but I don't trust left-footed penalty kick take, uh, penalty kick takers. I just don't. Look at the stats. I think they miss more than right-footed players. Uh, and then number three, don't let the cold player take the penalty kick. They haven't been in the For game. sure. Like, they're, they're, they just aren't as warm. Like, get the guy that's been in there for 60-ish minutes, 70 minutes, 80 minutes, however long, who's in match like like, a situations. Yes, yeah. exactly. So those are my three rules. And, yeah, I think I think Frank was just kind of protecting his player from any kind of noted and, and deserved abuse. I know we're going to move on to Liverpool, but I just want to say I think that was the first time I've ever seen somebody – try to put some whip on a penalty kick. <laughs> hey, Ross Barkley works in magical ways, okay? I can't I can't explain it, but I, I know just when I see it. Smash it in a corner, man. I don't get it. <laughs> just smash it into a corner. Oh, man. I mean, just the image of him waving off William, and you can clearly see him mouth, I got this, I got this. And William's <laughs> face is like, all right. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, bro. Oh, come Will, on. Willie, wanted, <laughs> Willie looked like he wanted to kill him. I, <laughs> oh, God. And, and then Jorginho goes up to him and it's like, give me the ball. And then it turns into this awkward handshake. I didn't see, and, like, I didn't see that part. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That's oh, the I, best. I didn't really know to take it that way. I actually thought Jorginho was trying to be like a bro. Yeah. At least from what I remember. Okay. Here's a more interesting point. Where was Aspie? Yeah. Dude, for what? To take it? Because I think no, no to, to, to settle intervene. the situation. Right, right, okay. I mean, look, look at what Quinta happened with does Kepa. not like conflict. Yeah, he avoids yeah. conflict. He turns a blind eye mm. and doesn't do shit. It's now official. Like he is not going to be that guy. But I just He's think had it's two major chances and he it's hasn't just, done. He hasn't. And it's just it's interesting that Jorginho is the one that walks up and tries to, like, diffuse the situation. Hey, but that's points for him on the next uh, captain band uh, where, you know. Yeah. But that, uh, yeah. Which yeah. I think – which didn't you, like, predict that last season that you could see him? I think you did. I don't know. Yeah. You should just no, take right. that. Oh, before, before we really get into well. Liverpool, guys, uh, random little uh, Roman Empire uh, tidbit. It is my one-year anniversary. No way. Really? No way. Are you How serious? do you know? Yeah. How do you know that? Uh, I just got the time hop notification that I posted on Twitter a year ago to this day that I was going to be a guest on the podcast. Wow. Whoa. That's amazing. Wait. That's awesome. Well, 365 days. Wow. You are officially like a seasoned veteran nice. on the pod. You're not a rookie you are anymore. Like, you, <laughs> you got – yeah. You got citizenship <laughs> two times in two years, man. Man, How many I'm people can say that? <laughs> two times in one year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, two times in one year. All right, let's let's move on to the Chelsea Liverpool match. So obviously final score, Chelsea one, Liverpool two. Quickly go through starting eleven again. Kepa and goal. Dave Christensen, Tomori and Emerson manning the back line. Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic in the midfield, and a front three of Mount, William, and Tammy. So um Shift back to the four three three. Um I yeah, think Thank God. Yeah, I think that after uh after the, the match on Tuesday, Frank 
kind of was like, all right, we got to switch it up back again. So, um, how do you think? How do you guys think we looked with the back four? Um, Andreas, what do you think? This back fourth, arguably our strongest current 11 based on health and form. You can argue that maybe eh, – actually, no, Williams has been doing all right. He played well against Wolves. Well, Rudiger? Um, well, Rudiger's injured. So I said okay, like, based dude, on health, for sure. who, who – yeah, based on, on fitness and health. So I think that this is it. Like Emerson over Alonzo any day. We still don't have Reese James to compete with Dave, but I Tamori over Zuma for me now. And I'll get into more details there. But N'Golo Conte coming back, that is why we're back to the system. Like he is what makes this work above and beyond. So yeah, four three three for me. I've said this probably like every week for the past like six podcasts, but I was so excited to see this back. Yeah, the four three three looked good. Um I mean we actually looked better than Liverpool for large parts of that second half. And then also the end of the first half, you know, and I mean, it, it made sense for a match like this, didn't it? Because we know Liverpool's fourth, we, we know Liverpool's weakness is their midfield. And if we could take the midfield, um, we, we can dominate possession and create chances, which we did. We just weren't clinical enough. But yeah, the 4-3-3 looked awesome. I am going to say that uh, it was interesting to see Sari's starting midfield for the first time like you know playing in that kind of setup where Jorginho's a deepest lying midfielder and Kovacic is relied upon to be more creative but I actually saw Kovacic sitting back a little bit more and I noticed Conte was placed a lot higher up the pitch similar to the way we saw him play under sorry so I just thought that was interesting all right let's get through the negatives first Zach why don't we start off with you zonal marking man mm. <laughs> fuck Love Zonal, that set piece defense. It's great. It it literally it's it's the bane of my existence. I said it on the podcast before, and I'll say it again. It's 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 awful. I I hate it. I don't like it. I'm old school. I like to put, you know, man on man. Let's get our biggest guys on their biggest guys. You know, but the problem is. And, and we don't is, have big guys. Exactly. And that's the realization <laughs> that I came to. So we literally only have our two center backs and Tammy who could win anything in the air. And uh, and that doesn't work against a team like Liverpool that has, what, four or five legitimate threats in the air on every single set piece. So we are going to get destroyed on set pieces. And especially if we do this zonal marking thing, because we don't have a tall player in every zone. Like our, our team is so small, so small and so weak. And I think that's the only thing that's still missing for me in, in, in this whole season in general is the fact that we're, I grew up watching a Chelsea that would beat the shit out of teams physically. And I haven't seen that in the last two years. And it's, there's still a hole in my heart because I just haven't seen it in, in, in so long. And it's something that I, I identify with Chelsea for so long. and something that – a big reason why I fell in love with them. Why? Because you're tiny? But yeah, fuck the zonal mark. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just so stupid and it, does, it, it doesn't make sense. It makes yeah. no sense. We had what? Three people above six feet in the, in the pitch on Sunday. It was a Tammy, Zuma. Yeah, that's it. Tammy, wait, no, four people, oh, sorry. Tammy, Zuma, Fikayo, Tomori, and Alonso. And Alonso but, is great so, in the air, in the attack, but defensively he's almost... Yeah, I was going to say, the only physically imposing one of the four is Zuma. 
yeah. like even with the height comparison. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that is definitely a frustration. And if we're not, and the thing is, it might not even be the zonal marking, but it's like the implementation of it maybe because I just feel like a lot of our goals come in from either just crosses or 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 um, set pieces. The Valencia goal was a set piece. Like it's just these relegation teams are gonna love playing us if we don't fix it soon. Oh, Brighton, but. Yeah, we but, talked um, about it last year uh, about about their threat on set pieces. We play them next. We just lost, yeah. you know, because we conceded two set pieces. They're gonna be licking their lips. <sighs> well, for me, my big thing is injuries. Um, we don't have the deepest squad in certain positions, and we're still very like in the very early phase of the season. So I know it was a big match, but I just didn't think it was worth risking emerson and i don't i think i might be pulling the trigger i think uh our rip ultra bone daddy cool bone daddy deluxe was asking about that hey. it wasn't too early to bring it back and yeah i just i just don't know man i i think it's too early to be doing that emerson before his his injury i think it was an international break was statistically the best left back in europe and we are risking a season where we still can't sign players in January as of today, our best left back. I just, I don't get it. This was a game that quote unquote on paper, we weren't supposed to win anyway. Alonso had been getting match fitness already. That sucked. And then Christensen went down early. I know it's a negative. It's not a negative we can control, but we're, we're like emergency room FC right now. I, I just, don't know what's going on, why these players are, are going through this. And it's like in an off way. It's not – it's early in the game that these guys are coming off. I, the Mount thing, obviously he got tackled. But Christensen's looked <coughs> like it was non-contact. And then Emerson, same thing. It's just – it just sucks, man. You, right when we're in the like brink of getting everybody healthy, another person goes down. But also just something to add on top of that, like the whole Emerson thing. Like, am I crazy for saying that Marcus Alonso's actually been pretty excellent really this good. season? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the defensive thing is is probably never going to come together, but um, you can't really blame him for that goal because even if he did, like, there were two guys in his zone and he was the only one. So yeah, I mean, that, you can blame I mean, zonal marking for that, but yeah, I mean, it's still, I mean, the things that frustrated me so much last season. Uh, I mean, obviously, again, I, I'm going to accept that defensively he's not going to be that much. But, you know, his del the, the, his deliveries of crosses just had no purpose to them last season. And it just pissed me off like he was wasting a ball every time. This season, he's been playing with purpose. He's been, you know, he had almost – was it was it this goal? or I mean, Was it this game or was it the um, Valencia game where – he took two set pieces uh, shots and like nearly scored. It was a Valencia match. It was Valencia. Yeah, yeah. he had two that should have been goals. Got like honest to God, but for some reason their keeper was playing out of his mind. But you know, like that's just another thing. Like he he was also in good form, so why not? You know, uh, you know, you know what I think the difference is with Alonso. I think I think now he actually has runners, like willing runners. Was sorry, like that pattern of play was just so predictable and like scripted, and I think Frank just kind of tells us to like have at it in the final third. Also, and, uh, I, just, I just like kind of argue. I'm arguing against myself right now, but also if you think about it, like 
Mark uh, Marcus Alonso thrives in a three four three, and like I don't think he necessarily you want him as one of your four you know backs. Uh, I mean, uh, defenders if you're playing yeah. four in the back. So maybe you know you have to prioritize. Okay, are we gonna run three four three again or switch it up, or are we gonna play Marcus Alonso and sit Emerson? But you know it. Who you don't knows? have a choice right now because yeah. fucking injuries. Well, well yeah. I, I, I totally get what Andres is saying now. Like something's not right. And I don't know I don't know what it is. I'm not gonna say like, oh, the training staff sucks or whatever, but I mean we've had two of our youngest academy talents last year, or you know, two proper, you know, Chelsea youth players. From last year, both tore their Achilles. Same exact type of injury. Um, what are you trying to say, Zach? And then, I mean, and well, no, I'm just saying this season we're already seeing injury problems. What is wrong with Ngolo Conte, or what was wrong with Ngolo Conte? Because he looks fine now, but he had a, this mysterious knee injury we knew nothing about that apparently happened at training. You know, and then we have inj- we have Rudiger who keeps re-injuring himself. He he hurt his groin now. His knee's fine now. His groin is a problem. And Christensen with his injury. We had Kovacic with his Achilles strain or whatever the hell that was. I just it, I don't remember Chelsea being this injury prone. I remember a few years ago. I think it was a, the year we won the title. I know we didn't have as many fixtures and and you know we didn't play as many matches, but we hardly had an injury the whole season. Costa and, was the only guy that got hurt in December yeah. for like two games. Yeah. And now it seems like we have a lot of guys that get hurt all the time. All right. Let's, let's, let's get into uh VAR once again. Uh, the, the culprit uh, this time was taking away one of uh, Dave's equalizer in the first half. And my Wave, voice. Yeah. And Zach, taking away Zach's voice. Waved off after VAR ruled Mason Mount's pinky toe off sides by a whisker in the buildup that had four passes and a decent deflection before, you know, falling to Dave's feet into the back of the net. So <laughs> let's not, let's not talk about what we already discussed with VAR. Let's just talk about this call in particular. What do you, what do you make of it, Zach? Ah, uh, man. Use, I lost use my what's, voice. Yeah, use what's left of your voice to answer this I'll question. use what's left. Yeah, yeah. So my voice cracked like four times already. I'm completely aware. Um, no, I, For me, it wasn't so much the decision. It was more the implications. So, you know, technically, it was the right call. Technically. I understand what they were saying. I, I, I saw Mason Mount's fucking pinky toe was offsides i get that but my issue was they let the ball go in the back of the net they let us celebrate for a good minute and a half two minutes then the players are starting to get reset in the middle of the pitch half the stadium sounds confused half the stadium still celebrating we're about to kick off and then they decide to wave off the goal i just I I really feel for like the match going supporter. I, I, I it, it sucks. Like you you go to soccer games or or football matches and you watch, you go there to celebrate those goals. That's why you go. There's no better feeling than celebrating a goal. And for it to be like taken away in a match like this, you know, against Liverpool, you know, but also the implication of 
Liverpool went right back down the pitch and scored. Like almost immediately after, it sucked the life out of us for a good five, ten minutes, and then we couldn't snap out of it. And 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 for me, that's the big bother is that you let this team have this emotional like ride, and then you then you decide to take the goal away minutes later, and then it's just like such a you know. It, it it does nothing for the mentality of the team that the call's being made against. And that's what I hate about it more than anything. You know, it, it's different if the call was made immediately. Then exactly. the players that, could get over that, it and get that on. That whole aspect, I mean, refs should not take any of that into consideration when making this call, right? I mean, what, there's they, they have to see what the emotional impact would be on the team taking away the no, goal? No, like, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't have an issue with the call. I agree with that call. I hate how long it takes to make the call, but what I'm referring to here is the actual implications of it. Liverpool went right back down the field and scored. You know, it's if the call was made immediately and there was no VAR and that offsides call was made immediately because the assistants are told to, they're told to keep their flag down until the phase of play is over, right? Yes. So maybe the assistant did see the call because they are capable of making that call. But didn't because this stupid VAR rules in effect, which I prefer. You know, I prefer they let the play go, and then and rather than what them call an offsides, stop play, and you know it end up being a goal. But then you know later on they see that it was you know or something like that, like a one on one chance that was actually onside, like that. That's much better. Like in football too, you know if there's a fumble, they're not supposed to stop. They're not supposed to stop the play. You know, if it's a disputed fumble, they let them run it out all the way to the end zone and then they'll review it, you know? So, like, you know, they don't take away a pick six. So, like, we, we really have to just, I mean, but, obviously, yeah, Andres. Um, I, I just think that that's the difference. That's just different because it's a different sport. Because in, yeah. in football, that's like a, a start-stop moment. Exactly. And, and here's the thing that got me. It's that... The goal was taken away for an offside that was what you said four or five passes, touches before it even made it to Aspilicueta. Like and a deflection. That wasn't it wasn't every other VAR called so far has been like a second, two seconds tops before the ball hits the back of the net, or it's like you said, it's a long ball, it was a through ball, and the player was offside, or there was a handball in a cross that ended up helping the player score. Like these were all direct cause and effect moments. Like the cause of the goal was what was in question. There was so much that happened between the Mount touch and the goal that now VR gets to just go back 20 seconds if they want to like, cause if that's the case, like what's, what's the point of having uh, assistant referees in the sideline? Like, this is just giving them an excuse also to just not give a damn because, oh, VAR is going to look back about 30 seconds. And if I miss something, they'll catch it. Like, no, like an offside that leads directly to a goal. Great. But I highly doubt that they were looking for that amount offside when they reviewed the goal. See, like what you said, like, what I you're think saying, what the you're three saying. refs on the three refs on the pitch had no fucking idea about the mount offside. For sure. Exactly. That's what I I'm saying oh, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That there's zero chance that when they were like, Oh, we're checking this for VAR, they were thinking, Oh, that Mason Mount kid was offside yeah. and we need to check on that. No, they were checking the deflection, they were checking the pass that led before the deflection, and that's probably it. And then VAR decided to take it 10, 15 seconds further back. So 
that's what's bugging me. It's that this call right here was not your typical VAR call right there. Like the whoever was up there in the booth or whatever is is now saying, oh, EPL refs, you guys can just suck. We'll eventually figure out what you messed up on. Like this is actually the first time this season where I, I can't defend VAR. Like I, I really can't. Like in the City game – Whenever they lost that goal, it's like, okay, it touched, I think it was Stones or Laporte. Uh-huh. Then this week in Real Madrid, uh, Gareth Bale, or midweek, Gareth Bale got a goal taken away from him, but he yeah, used his hand. Ball, yeah. Like, all these things are because of a rule. That is the rule, the handball, but ER checked for that specifically. Oh, we think it touched his hand. This time, I find it so hard to believe that the rest are like, oh, by the way, uh, you know, hey, we're going to check the goal. And then the center ref going, oh, yeah, I think Mason Mount was offside. Bullshit. Simple as that. It's complete bullshit. It can come off as bias if you think about it. But there's no way in hell that if we had zero VAR, anybody would have flinched at that goal. Anybody. This is not one of those controversial goals that's like, oh, that guy was totally offside. Nobody would have blinked an eye. Zero people. And that's my, my issue with this. That it was if, – if they were going to make that call – they had plenty of time to lift his flag and blow the play dead before it even made it to Aspilicueta, and we wouldn't have gotten mad about that. It's like, oh, shit, he was offside. Like, we see it so often when players take a corner and then they pass it around the corner flag a little bit, and you're like, oh, you just didn't make it back from offside? Bummer. Like, this time they applied the rule wrong as to when to blow the whistle. You can't just use VAR now to fix every missed call. Like, that's just not the point of VAR. And it seems like that's what they're doing now. What you're saying, Andreas, is that appeals to me so much more than like what what Zach was saying. Like Zach was saying, the the amount of time it oh, took to you. review it. No, seriously. <laughs> no, this is what I'm like the amount of time to review it. Like that's something we just have to put up with, and yeah, it's gonna take to away mom- right. It's gonna take moments away like that that you know shouldn't have happened in the first place. But like what you were saying, going far back, it, it's kind of like like I can like. It kind of reminds me of like, for example, like a cop coming into your house because of reports for like drugs and they ended up catching you because you have like a housing, you know, code violation or something like that. You know, they catch you for something that they weren't even looking for, uh, but they were able to get in because they, you know, thought that there was this other violation. But, you know, and and how far back are they going to go back to review something like that? Like that, that what you said, Andreas, like that point that actually like I never thought of it that way, but that is an issue, you know. Like, yeah, I think I think you need, the, to discuss, you need to look at the moment, not everything leading up to it too. Because sure. that's like saying like, oh, I'm gonna check for a red card on on Coughlin, like that Coughlin play. Oh, but ten seconds before that, Kovacic accidentally kind of threw an elbow and it, and the other guy caught it too. So let's give him a red card instead of Coughlin. It's like, no, what? Like, that's such bullshit dude yeah. like, that, like when they're reviewing I hated it, the application of var for sure they should have like words of limitation when they when they you know go to review it they say okay we're checking for if this person was offsides and if they happen to see another person was offsides they shouldn't call it because it was not you know it wasn't something that reasonably would have ever been called before var you know var is supposed to fix the stuff that was supposed to be called like you know at, like like reasonably should have been called right right crossed it wasn't it Mason Mount? Which one? Oh, um, I think so. The Aspie goal? Because, okay, here's my issue with it. I could understand that that was part of the buildup that led 
you know, th that led th to that phase of play. I get that, right? Like that's how we advanced the ball into their final third was with through that pass. So I could kind of understand that. But at the same time, you know, the first pass that Mount made, that cross, got deflected. <laughs> it's not even like it's it, – right when that cross gets deflected and it pinballs around and falls back to Mount's feet, that play is dead. I hate that Now rule. it's just that a fucking goal line scramble. So now it's a completely different phase of play for me. Like that was my issue. With but according it. to the rule, that is still considered offsides, correct? Because uh, no, because because if, if so, let's say I take a cross, right? If it gets deflected, and at the moment of the cross, nobody was offside, then it, you play on because yeah. it technically the, oh, the defender of touched the cross, it. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. That, right, yeah, right, okay. right. Yeah. That's that's what I was saying too. Okay. Well, you know what? That it is disappointing to say the least uh actually alonzo alonzo played the cross right it, was, it wasn't it was even long, it was alonzo oh wait i take no. that back wait, it in. was it was william okay was marcus alonzo I, in during this time? yeah alonzo played it so it goes william to mount mount to alonzo alonzo mount then the ball gets totally deflected because a defender comes it falls back on william's lap he crosses it. Tammy tries to backheel it. It hits Adrian. It goes back. Aspie wow. kicks it. It's as if I'm please watching tell it. me, please tell me that the referees were looking for that first Mason Mountain contact after I described that wow. pinball shit show that that goal was. This is called good radio. Such <laughs> Andres is on a hat trick in his one year anniversary show, guys. <laughs> and uh, he he should be a commentator for sure. Though you 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 beautifully painted that play and I, it's as if i watched it again uh oh it's just so, infuriating let's by uh, the way yeah. how how hard is tammy abraham trying to score a back heel uh, i know I don't <laughs> he's understand. tried like he's he, tried like three times already see like this is another like this is what i said from the beginning it's like if tammy is able to consistently put these chances away he'll be great and well he, he had has, that 1v1 he had multiple chances that sh that you know a elite sco uh, striker should have put he had away. He a one-on-one chance, yeah. All right, guys. That was right one. On. No, All but right. this was fun. the concern I had, obviously, <laughs> and he, he wasn't able to put one away this match, and he had a couple of chances, and I'm not going to say he was a match that – any match that awesome. he doesn't score in, he, he played poorly, you know, because he did play – he did play reasonably he played well. But, again, his job there is to score, and if he can't put away those chances, then – you know, that's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my opinion on him, but that was just that was what I saw. All right, let's move on to the boy wonder, Captain America Pulisic, who uh, I wonder where he's been. I forgot that he was on our team. I feel like the last time he played was alongside Danny Drinkwater, um, but <laughs> uh, so obviously, I mean, we didn't mention this in the last match, but. I think a lot of us felt that Pulisic would have been the obvious replacement for Mason Mount when he got injured and he did not come off. Uh, I mean, did not come on. And again, did not play this match. So when Frank was asked about if Pulisic was uh, not being, was not good enough for the first team, he said, no, I can't speak exactly for him, but no, that is not the case. 
I have to make choices. There's him sitting on the bench, Pedro sitting on the bench, Ross Barkley on the bench, <laughs> Batshuayi, who deserves more minutes for the way he's training. He's been training at the minute. Or, I don't know what that means. Those are the unfortunate choices I need to make. So, Ron, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Deluxe, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Supreme, uh, Ooh. he asked, yeah, he asks, I know the injuries were the main cause of him not coming on, but what's the deal with no playtime for Pulisic? And also, I just I just found out, because I have been calling him Pulisic this whole time, and I've been very adamant that his, pronounced, his name is pronounced Pulisic, and stupid Americans say Pulisic, but he pronounces it as Pulisic as well, which, yeah. I mean, he's he's a stupid American too, you know, so but, <laughs> yeah. that's not saying much, but Pulisic. He has appropriated the culture. For sure. Uh, but Andreas, I'll start off with you. What's the deal for no playing time for Pulisic? Oh, man. Well, I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. Like, at this point, I am starting to worry because – He's currently fourth in the pecking order of wingers in, in Lampard's 4-3-3. And Lampard today confirmed that Cho is going to be playing against Grimsby. So when Cho's back, that makes Pulisic the fifth option at the wing. I, the, you just listed a quote from Lampard saying that William and Pedro both seem to be ahead of Pulisic. Mason Mount right now is undroppable. So, yes, it's early season, but saying Pulisic... Like in our eyes, like St. Pulisic should be playing ahead of William because we think William is playing well. It's just a very dumb and naive way of looking at things because just because we think William is doing poorly doesn't mean the staff thinks so. So I think Pulisic needs to show something, whether it's at practice, whether it's when he gets those few minutes to this staff. Like comparing him to Dross doesn't make him any better of a player. And I, and I want him to play, but... I don't know if it's an attitude thing. I don't know if it's a, a performance thing in training, but he needs to do something because we need to get him more minutes soon or soon enough he's going to be the forgotten man. Because, again, we have a lot of players who are currently ahead of him in this order. Uh, <laughs> Pulisic's an interesting one. Um, what just happened, Zach? <laughs> I was I was I just completely scrapped exactly what I was gonna say because I just kind of want to go off the top for this. <laughs> and you retyped fuck. <laughs> well, I was gonna write fuck you, Sam, because I knew you were paying attention to what I was typing. <laughs> and I was so confused. I was like, where did I go? But yeah, off the dome. I was typing Zach. with one finger. Yeah, go no, off but, the dome. So so here here's where I'm at. I'm I, I am worried. I don't think that uh, I don't think Frank greats Pulisic I, I think it's just that simple and and the confusing thing is he had a good preseason I didn't think he was poor in the, in the early season when the first couple of matches he started he was awesome against Liverpool he had that goal taken away from him in the Super Cup right right he's not it, it, I'm confused as to what he's doing wrong and the only kind of logic that I could put together is we were getting absolutely shredded on the right-hand side when Pulisic and Dave were paired together. And maybe that has something to do with it. But, guys, I mean, we've been following Pulisic for years now with the U.S. national team. And, and, and we've been keeping up with him at Dortmund, obviously, because he's American. And he's like he, – he's our, he's our golden child, right? 
we've always known for him to be a very honest football player in terms of work rate. He always gets back for the national team. He likes to put a foot in. He likes a tackle. He, he's actually kind of chippy. He, and he'll bark at people too if he has to. Like he's not he's not your typical flare winger that's super timid and and rolls around on the floor after he gets tackled. He rolls up his sleeves and he'll hit you back. And that's I just think it's interesting that he hasn't been included. I mean, that's, in the last it's harder to two do games. that in the Premier League, you know. No, no, no. I understand, but 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 it's natural for him to do that in general. So like, of no, course, there's going to be an incubation sure. period. There's going to be an incubation period with him, but he needs to be allowed to have that period where he does get time and does get used to it. He can't just play three games and then sit on the bench. And and, and Andres hit the nail on the head. Cho's coming back. Uh-huh. Our starting wingers when Fresh Cho comes back. Fresh off a new deal. It's him and Willian. Exactly. So he's in trouble. He has to show something soon. I'm not saying he's going to get sold or anything because there there have been way better players that have come in and not seen the pitch in their first year and then turn out to be amazing. But in this season, it's a concern because this was basically like Frank's just handing out playing time to whoever earns it. And so far he's not earning it. I know. I'm, I'm a little worried too. And I'm, and I'm just as surprised as you are, Zach. I mean, I, I'd like to think he should be near the top of the pecking order when it comes to, you know, the front three, uh, Obviously, Mason Mount has been exceptional this year, so he's he's on top of him. But I don't know. I mean, not even coming on, you know, as a sub that that that's what really surprises me. I mean, it's been it's been how long? It's been almost it's been two three weeks since he's seen the field. Uh, so uh, hopefully that doesn't do too much as far as his form when he does come back and just put him into you know, a perpetual downward spiral of just playing worse and worse. But, I mean, I don't know. It it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. But If I'm, he doesn't start midweek, I will be... No, I, I will be Sound off the alarms. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, I think that's I that's going to be... That'll be the event that really pushes it over. So, all right. But but you know yeah. what else he has to do? I mean, he, he has to score. Yeah. He or has assist. to score. Yeah. He has to. He has not many he, opportunities to even to do that. I mean, he's listen, three, listen. Four matches. Last year, last year, Cho got cut matches and he hit the ground running. He got a goal. Pulisic needs to do the same thing. Yeah, we'll find out midweek. So let's wrap it up with the negatives. Get into the positives. End on a good note, as usual. Zach, what do you think? Well, last week I actually uh, mentioned our fitness and how we kind of like lose focus. Uh, towards the end of matches, and um, this weekend I saw none of that. I thought we got better as the game went on. You know, f- f- something that Frank could use as a building block to, you know, take into this next run of fixtures, which should be, you know, a fairly easy run of fixtures. So, it's it, it it's a positive performance. And my point being, we got better as the game went on, and we finished that match as the better team. But, you know, the scoreline didn't highlight that. But the last 20 minutes, guys, Liverpool were holding on. <laughs> we weren't, like, it, they they weren't, at one point, didn't they sub out, who was it, Mane for Milner? Yeah. And Klopp just went full defensive. I was shocked. He added he added a fifth defender at the end, too. Yeah, yeah, um, he threw on Joe Gomez, too. Gomez, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. 
So he, I mean, I mean, he literally parked the bus towards the end of the game. I mean, we, he was up against it, and we probably should have had a goal. Mount missed his chance. Batshuayi had a header. Um, but you know, it's it, 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 it's a big positive. It's something we can build on. We're finishing games strong now, and and finishing against the big boys in a fashion like that. Frank could easily go into the dressing room and be like, guys, let's do that week in and week out. And you'll be shocked to see how far we can go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. That ending was fantastic. I mean, we were one world-class just beater goal from Alexander Arnold and then the, the VAR soft call on the other end. And then that like, this could have been a totally different game and we definitely were the better team at the end there. Um, but I'm going to go more specific and, and my positives were Tomori and N'Golo Conte. Like both of these guys were just amazing. And we know Conte is one of a kind and, and we missed him. Like this looked totally different. Like I don't think we got as targeted down our right side with Conte being back because obviously you can't get past him. And being back in the 4-3-3 role and that box-to-box, letting him kind of roam forward – that goal he had, holy shit, that was fantastic. That turn. <laughs> why doesn't he dribble, do? Why does he, he do that turn up. more often? That's the first thing I thought when I saw that move. I was like, why doesn't he do that more often? And then he banged it in the back of the net. And I'm like, why doesn't he do this more often? Come on. He he was like, oh, we need a hazard replacement. Uh, I got this, guys. Got it. Like what, that what, was just. You know what pissed me off though? Care uh, was it Jamie Carragher kind of downplaying the fact that N'Golo meant to do that. Like, dude, F off. Like, N'Golo Conte is so much more than just a, like, destroyer in the midfield. And people need to get used to that because he is has grown that offensive side of his game so much in just one year of, like, the shackles, like, been broken mm-hmm. kind of thing and letting him get up there. Like, that goal was fully intentional when he took that shot. And it was fantastic do you guys remember the other play sorry but yeah do you guys remember that one play i forget it was in second half off a corner um and they were basically he was it was him in the back line like it was him and uh him and tomori in the back and he just chased down i forget who it was he was one-on-one with the keeper pretty much oh it was Salah. yeah he chased down mosala and took it from him i mean that play right there like I literally, I stood up and I applauded him in my house. And Tamori did it too. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Tamori got a chance to do that as well. It's just, yeah. it, like, without a doubt, in my mind, we would have gone three points in that first Champions League match if we had N'Golo Conte, without a doubt. So, yeah. Oh, easily. I mean, I think my my main positive, oh, sorry, b- before I go into mine, Andreas, you had a second point you wanted to make, if you remember. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to, to quickly mention uh, – Oh, God, you caught me off guard. Oh, Conte. <laughs> Just the fact that, like, everything clicked a lot better. We talked about, oh, it's the same midfield three that Sari had and it didn't work out. Well, I'm sorry. It's been working just fine under Lampard. So yeah. that, that that midfield three, I'm okay with that being more of a thing. But uh, my other quick part, and I know we're going to talk more stats, but just the fact that Fikayo Tomori in three Premier League matches has gone from lone candidate – to pushing Zuma out of any sort of selection, oh, to now man. closing in on Christensen as our second best center back. This guy has elite mentality and confidence. Like he has every tool necessary to be a modern center back. And, and like I'm just so excited 
to see what else he can do this season because I don't think any of us expected to be talking about Fikayo Tomori this much, this early, or even this season in general. Hey, he's he's a he's a World Cup champion, isn't that right? He was on that France U twenty World Cup when they beat Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I woke up at like three in the morning to watch Venezuela choke that game away. Sorry about that. (laughs) I don't want to bring up bad memories, but yeah, I mean, I think my my biggest positive, just overall, is like in seasons past, like a loss to like this to Liverpool where we clearly I feel like for a big part of the match of the best team would have just deflated me. I I would I just like would have crushed me completely. But this season with going into it with what we know and like just the build up to it, I was so happy with even though we didn't get any points from it and it would have been awesome to be the first team to, you know, take some points away from Liverpool. I felt great after that match, and like I don't know if any if you guys agree with me as well. Like it, it, it I was okay with losing. Like I really wa- wanted to win, but I was okay with it. I wasn't I wasn't okay with the fact that we lost, but I was happy with the performance. Like exactly, yeah. We, there, there, I mean, there were a lot of good things. So I didn't expect to, to win this match. Okay, so that's that's yeah. that's the main thing. You know, the team like that. Like I thought we did so well. But let, let's get into uh, Fikayo Tomori a little bit. Uh, I'm going to read through his stats. 42 out of 52 passes completed, including one key pass, five tackles, one interception, one clearance, with Salah in his fucking pocket. I mean, he just could not do anything. Uh, Andreas, you already talked a little bit about Fikayo Tomori, a.k.a. Fick. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on him? I, I, I gotta be honest, I really thought this past weekend would be the first time we see Fick like really struggle in a match. But he looked completely unfazed and uh he honestly kept Salah really quiet um all match long. I, I I don't know how true it is, but I saw this tweet somewhere saying that uh he won four out of five duels against Salah. I mean I don't know how true it is, but I'd believe it because it the proof is in the pudding. He was fucking phenomenal and I and my favorite moment in the game was the one where he actually kept pace with Salah and beat him in the foot race won the ball back it was like later in the second half but he just keeps surprising us every week and he's he's just a very very complete center back I mean we're, we're seeing the whole package guys he, he he could fizz those low driven balls across the pitch he's comfortable on the ball he's quick he can jump I mean the only thing that I haven't seen too much of is his strength, but I don't think that's as big of an issue in the modern game. And it's not as big of an issue because he has that, he has a great, uh, he has this great ability to read the game. He knows where to position himself. So it's very rare where you have to see him overcompensate with speed or strength to win the ball back. It's usually just a result of his positioning being so fucking good and him being in the right place at the right time. And Andreas, you, already kind of said your piece on Tamori, but I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add <laughs> on top of that. No, no, I gave my two cents. Yeah, I mean, we got a question from at, I don't know if it's Scal Speaks or Scal Speaks. I don't know if you guys are know which one it is, but it's Scal Speaks. Uh, he asks, when everyone is healthy, who are our top two center backs? So, I mean, I think 
uh, Andreas might have weighed in a little bit on what his pecking order is when he was talking about Tomori, but what do you think? Who are the top two center backs, Andreas, with everyone healthy? Uh, Rudiger gets put in immediately, and right now it, it might be a flip of a coin between Fikayo and, and Christensen. It, I don't know who number two is right now, and I think that just speaks more about Fikayo Tomori than it does about Andreas Christensen because I thought Christensen was going to end up being our number one option at center back at some point this season. So, yeah, I mean, props to Fikayo Tomori. That, that's all I can really say. I mean, you see how much he's developed in just these few games, and and and, and we see how good of a player he is at his age. I think Fikayo has to be the guy. I mean, poor Kurt I mean, Kazuma. I, I, like, I feel like this is all leading to another loan spell or just for him to finally be sold. I mean, I think – you know, the thing is he just – he doesn't look the same. And, I think and he's going to get sold. You know, yeah. in, our, in our first season, I was the biggest Kurt Zuma fan. You've been a Kurt Zuma fan for a long time. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. And, and it's it's like, you know, not to discredit him at all, but that's just – how good everyone else has been playing, you know, like he would be yeah. a starter on, you know, 19 or not 19, but 15 other teams probably, or at least be second or third, you know, but I mean, he was, he was a fan favorite at Everton. For sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe they, they, a, they made a, a bid this defender. summer. I just want yeah, him to be happy. That's the only thing, you know, like if that means yeah, we yeah. have to well, sell him. Is happy. Okay. Well then, yeah, maybe we should keep him then. <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I feel like his future is probably one of those players that we're going to sell him because you have Mark Gahey, is that, if that's the correct way of saying it, in the academy, who's getting crazy amount of, like, praise. And, he might get time against Grimsby. Uh, maybe. But, yeah, the guy's like a – I think he's he's captained one of the youth sides for England. He was in I, the U-17 World Cup team, I think. And, yeah, the guy just gets lots of – like good things talked about him. I can't say I've seen him or much film on him, but the buzz is there. Mm-hmm. And if we're doing this whole thing where we're promoting from within for these squad rule players, Zuma might just be one of those players that just becomes excess because yeah. if we have three solid center backs ahead of him in Rudiger, Christensen, Takayo, Tomori, and perhaps want to splash in the market for a quality world-class ready center back, Zuma's going to be the first name out the door. Simple as that. <laughs> Zach is trying Zuma. so hard to have us not think that because he doesn't want that to be true, even no, though he no. knows it deep down inside. You know something else that, that that we have to take into consideration too is that Zuma's not homegrown. So that yeah. could be another incentive for us to sell him. And he's no course. longer a youth player that count, doesn't count against the cap. Yeah, exactly. And, and Tomori then, you know, and Gahey are both youth and British. So Yep. Yeah, it does not look good for him. But we'll, let, before we get into the Grimsby, uh, the Grimsby match, uh, I just want to quickly go over our upcoming Premier League schedule. Our next, uh, what is this, six matches. So this Saturday, Brighton at home. The following week, Southampton away. Then Newcastle at home. Burnley away. Watford away. Palace at home. So really a good-looking stretch for us. Uh, Ron, aka Big Daddy Cool, aka Big Daddy Supreme, he asked. Daddy. <laughs> he asked. <laughs> the Big Daddy. Oh, did I say? Did I say Big Daddy? 
Man, are you guys big, having some secret get-togethers or something? What's bone, going on, man? Big bone daddy, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> he, uh, what's up, Ron? Uh, so he's, uh, he says, you can't just say what's up, man. Well, he knows, he knows what that means. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, do you see us going six and zero the next six league league matches? So I mean. A bold claim, but I mean, obviously, this he's saying that after we lose two matches in the same week. But I mean, Zach, what do you think? Is it possible? Six and zero is a stretch. Right. We have to take a step back. We're a young team, and we're gonna make mistakes, and we're gonna lose to teams that are a lot worse than us before the end of the, before between now and the end of the season. So, but these next six games. I could I could I could actually see two games being a problem. One is Burnley away because they're going to make it miserable and they're going to beat the shit out of our kids and that's going to be scary to watch. And uh the other one's Palace at home because they have the ultimate Chelsea killer in Wilfried Zaha, but they've also taken points off the off, off some of the other big boys this season. They've pulled some results out and it's going to sound kind of crazy, but Roy Hodgson's an experienced manager. And he could actually get results at at, at difficult stadiums and in difficult matches. So I, I could see those two matches being a problem. But you know, Brighton should be a win. Uh, Southampton and Newcastle should both be wins, no questions asked. And then you know, we don't really know what we're going to get from Watford, um, but <laughs> we, we we might see them with another new man on another new manager bounce. So they might be able to pull a result. You know, who knows? But I, I say minimum. We have to win at least four of those games. We have to. Yeah. I mean, if we're about to go on a winning streak, this is the best chance to do it. Brighton's at 15th. Southampton is at 13th. Burnley, I think Burnley's actually ahead of us in the table. Same record, just better goal differential. They're ninth. Uh, Watford dead last. And then Palace is actually a spot below us because of goal differential again. But... I, I don't know who they play in those run of games, but we're Chelsea. At the end of the day, we're Chelsea, and, and the wins need to start coming. Like, we can't keep saying, oh, the performance was great. Like, there's more to come. No, no, no. Like, this is the time. Like, we have a patch of games where we don't play any top four teams. Um, we actually get Newcastle at home instead of at St. James Park. Like, this is as favorable as it's going to get. And it's time to start getting those max points. And it's time for these kids and even Lampard to start showing us that, you know, work has been done, holes have been patched, and and we're still in this. Because we keep talking, it's like, oh, we have the potential for top four. We have the potential top four. We're two, two, and two. So mm -hmm. it's time to make those words. Like, we've talked to talk, now it's time to walk to walk. And there's no better chance to do it here. I was saying a minimum of four wins. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you said it, Zach, 13 out of, what is that, 1, 2, I forget how many points we said. possible points, yeah. yeah. 13 out of 18 possible at least, mm -hmm. like at least, and even then I might be a little bummed out. Oh, yeah, so, I think 13, yeah. Oh, yeah, same, I would be, I would 13 be bare minimum, yeah. What, what do you guys, what do you guys think of Mourinho's comments? Because Andres, you mentioned, you know, this is... Yeah, I, his comments I think are a little... Too macro of a statement. Again, so we are, they're so generic. It's such a generic statement. He's acting as if we've spent a full season of losing when last time we did that, 
he was the manager and got sacked. Mm, Just yeah. saying. So it's been six matches, and we haven't had our full strength squad. We also had a transfer ban. We've had to use the youth, which we've never done. So these are all unknowns. We've come with a few bumps and bruises in terms of where we're sitting at the table. But we're not saying like, oh, we can't beat Liverpool. Obviously, we were, again, we were the better side in the second half. I'm lucky not to score. The United game is now definitely a scratch. Like, I definitely don't yeah. think we're worse than United. So it's one of those things we've already taken off of our top top four encounters. We've taken up two of the of the four or the five of the big six. I mean, so out of the five other big six teams that we played, we've already played two. We got them out of the way. Now we get to actually build some confidence. If we don't win these next six games, sure, I'll be like Jose, you're right. But that was those those comments are too early, too soon to be made. And they were cropped. He actually said in the next paragraph that he doesn't actually think Chelsea will get to that point. So <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, if you're telling me that we spent a whole season applauding Lampard for getting us 14th place in the Premier League, I'd be like, yeah, that's not something I'm cool with. But, again, we haven't even gotten to winter time, and they're yeah, trying to it, make this generic comment. The, the, the thing that bothers me, I kind of have to like calm myself down because Jose is Jose's always been the biggest hypocrite in the world, but the most hypocritical thing he could do is criticize this Chelsea team that has a transfer ban that is rebuilding. This is the definition of a rebuild and a self-sustaining rebuild. This is all youth players and prior assets that we had. We didn't bring anyone in. We didn't make a big splash in the market. We didn't go spend $80 million on a center back. We're using what we got and we're making do. And for Jose to say, oh, well, you know, th th basically that's a small club mentality. This is a guy that, co that every single club he goes to, he gets 250 million pound war chest and says, here, make a, make a trophy winning side in a year. Do it in 12 months. Where here it's it's completely the opposite. We're we're going into this with no expectations. So you know it's just, it's just Jose being fucking Jose. He he always has to put his two cents in. And then I mean, the thing is, it's like just... okay, well if he's talking shit about Chelsea, then that means that he's probably still Man United. Well, no, no, no. He said that Man United's worse off now than they were when he was there, which is kind of true. But we're definitely better off now than when he was better off now than when he was with us. The second we're fucking what fourteenth? Yeah. Yeah, but it's typical Jose. I mean, yeah, this is, this is we're, so let's remember, this is the same guy who dubs himself the special one. So uh, we shouldn't be too surprised when he has arrogant comments like this. So yeah. uh, let's move on to the match previews. We got two uh, matches this week. Uh, so midweek match tomorrow, or um, most of you guys would be listening to it tomorrow. So match today against uh, Grimsby. In the EFL Cup, and I think Grimsby. No, no, I think it's on Wednesday, so it would be tomorrow still. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, Wednesday. Um, so the, uh, the Grimsby is what is in the is in League Two, fourth fourth tier. So really, are they? Yeah, yeah. So wow. really, not 
too much to be discussed because I doubt anyone knows anything about this this team. Possible FIFA team, guys. Yeah, <laughs> manager mode for career mode. So, I mean, let's just talk a little, just really quickly about who we'd want to see. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a big featuring of youth, uh, Andreas. Who'd you, who'd you like to see in this match? One man and one man only, Reese James, taking the pitch for the first time as a Chelsea first team member and showing us everything that we've been hoping to see from a right back this season. No disrespect to Aspie. We just know that this kid has it. This kid just, oh my God, I can't wait to see him play. I, I'm looking forward to seeing a right back running in, up and down the wing and putting in some beautiful crosses and even dribbling a few people instead of trying to pass backwards or sideways. Like I am excited about Reese James. I can't wait to see him maybe get close to a full 90 minutes. That would be awesome because then that means that he's ready to go. Or maybe he doesn't get a full 90 minutes because we're saving him for the weekend. So either way, I want a good Reese James performance. I'm excited to see him. And honestly, I just want us to kind of thrash this Grimsby team. Like it'd be nice, a nice little bounce back and kind of a finishing off the of the kind of, oh, what, we, what could have been from this weekend. Hey, Trent Alexander-Arnold who? No, Reese James. I'll take Reese <laughs> James any day. That- I I want to see Cho on one flank and Pulisic on the other. Oh, I want to see my FIFA dream come to reality. <laughs> We've been doing That's, it since uh, FIFA 18. Come on. <laughs> uh, dude, I, I, I did it in the last two FIFAs, and I always buy Tammy Abraham because he, he for some reason they his pace in the last game was like a 91 or something. It was ridiculous. But anyways – I want to see Pulisic and Cho playing on the flanks. One, I want to see Pulisic score. He has to score. I don't want to see an assist. I want to see the ball go in the back of the net because that's exactly what Cho did last year, and that put him on the scene. If Pulisic does it this year, it'll do the same. The second, I want to see how Cho's doing. I want to see how he's how, uh, how his body is, how he's moving, what changes he made to his game because of the injury, because – Let's not forget, I mean, he is young. He can recover from something like that. But you are never the same after an Achilles injury. So I'm just curious to see if his lateral movement's still there. I know that I know his biggest thing uh, was his quickness. I mean, his first step was lightning. I don't think I don't think anybody could catch up to his first step. So I'm curious to see if he still has that, you know, uh, fast twitch muscle memory and 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 that quickness and in, 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 in those movements. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, Andres, Reese, James, something that I'm very curious about is where Frank will deploy him mm-hmm. because he's going to want to put some experience in the side. And right now, I mean, we're we're hobbling on one leg, right? So Aspie might have to play. So it might be interesting to see if Frank could possibly use oh, Reese James at center mid. Oh really? I don't know. I I don't know. I think oh, Rudiger will we'll see we'll see Rudiger on the pitch again. We'll probably see so. Alonzo at left back. Well, are you saying yeah, center mid? Not center mid. Right, center but mid. I'm just saying like to add some age in the back line, oh, okay. I guess. Right. Like yeah. the the center mid I think we'll see Conte again just because we gotta give him more minutes. Um I, I, really? I think it'll be I think it'll be Zuma and Tamori. Oh man. Is Ross Barkley gonna get the start? maybe oh maybe not if we run if we run a 4-2-3-1 we actually might get the perfect scenario and see Cho Mount Pulisic oh man we're running long on time so 
Let's get into <laughs> let's get into the next one before I have to change my underwear. Um, so CFC. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, because <laughs> I mean the, the the talk about the perfect lineup with Mount, Kulisic, oh, and uh, Cho. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not, I didn't shit my pants or anything, if that's what you're wondering. Uh, so we got Brighton coming up this weekend at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Brighton right now is winless in their last five. They failed to score in five of their last seven away matches, and they've only, they've only scored five goals and conceded eight in their opening six matches this season. So... I'll ask you, uh, Zach, I'll start off with you. What do you think we need to do to get this win? We got to keep a clean sheet, man. This is the game where we could do it because Brighton suck going forward. (laughs) We Um, suck too, though, so it balances out. Well, we – it's so (laughs) weird, man. We're a relegation team. (laughs) Our defense, at least. Yeah, for sure. Our front three is like a top four contender. It's just ridiculous. But no, we have to keep a clean sheet in this game. Look, I mean, the only way we're going to be able to do that and guarantee that we could keep a clean sheet is if we limit their set piece opportunities, corner kicks, silly free kicks around the box for crossing opportunities. I mean, we talked about it last year. Brighton's biggest strength last season was their set pieces. They scored a lot of goals off set pieces. They have three big-ass center backs that love to get on the end of crosses um, that are all very good at scoring goals off crossing opportunities. I mean, it's uh, that's something we have to be wary of. Other than that, they don't really have a focal point in the attack. They don't have much going forward. I think they've been playing like a 3-4-3 most of the season. So, you know, they're trying to change their style now that, they're, now that they have a new manager. I know they're trying to play possession and – it's just not going to work against us. I think I think we'll jump on them. You know, Frank's going to deploy the high press. Nothing changes. Hopefully, we can nick an early goal and just put the game away early. Should I just give my prediction? I pretty much told you guys how I feel about the game. You know, Frank Frank gets his first home win. We get our first clean sheet. It's the beginning of a nice run of games. 3-0 Chelsea. Let's go. Second. His second home win. He'll get oh, his yeah, first already, home win yeah. on Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> His first EPL home win. Right. Oh, man. I say my prediction is going to be that hudson Adoy will score in this game. And I'm with Zach. I think a 3-0 victory could be could be in the books for us. But, yeah, I'm going to say that hudson Adoy scores – and yeah, back to back to where he left off. I I have no idea what to predict. I mean, the Premier League is just so crazy. I mean, you can have one week Norwich beating Man City, and then the following week Man City thrashing Watford eight nil. Like, I feel like the predictions have have just like lost so much credibility because anything could happen. I was I was right last year. <laughs> What? I was right. What did you? I was right last week. What did you I say? I said two one Liverpool. I said we're gonna we're gonna play a really good game, but it, we're not gonna have enough. Yeah, but you also said we'd beat Valencia. So yeah, which should have. <laughs> yeah, we should have. Whatever. But uh, yeah. Okay, I think that's it. Wow, guys. Okay, so I I I do have a confession to make. I haven't been that good on Instagram. But it's because I don't have that many followers. What do you think, so fans? Make sure you guys <laughs> follow caption. us on Instagram. Every other post at has that caption. Romans Empire Pod. 
And uh, we could all, you could also follow us on Twitter as well at Romans Empire Pod. Send us emails if you want to, guys. We want to hear about you. We we've gotten we've had the the pleasure of getting to know some of our listeners, and we've actually become friends with a lot of them, and it's fucking awesome. So we'd love to become friends with you guys, get to know you better, and also get to know what you want to hear. So um, let us know. You can also email us RomansEmpirePod at gmail dot com. Andres, thank you very much as always. <laughs> Some thank I'm you. So sorry. I'm laughing, and five, I know, I know. five of our you, eight posts, yeah. the caption is, "What do you, what do you think, Chelsea fans?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you know. guys know of any PR social media reps, we're looking for one desperately. And if you know anyone oh, who's hiring, Zach is available. Listen, for sure, man, too. I'm trying to plan an engagement party. I just <laughs> I got this new job. Hey, um, we're just busting your balls, Zach. You're doing a good job. There's, there's no and FIFA comes out. There's not oh, gonna be there. tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, you got EA access or what? Wow. Oh, I need to do that. I pre-ordered the game. I don't know if that if that's I think, enough. I think I, I I was gonna brag to you that we get to play it at 9 p.m. our time versus you have to wait all the, until 11 p.m. But if you get a two day. Wait, how'd you guys get early? How did you guys get early access? I don't have it. I'm just saying because of this time is, this zone. This is definitely an off podcast. Time oh, zone, yeah, yeah, yeah. we oh, get it at nine o'clock. But yeah, on Thursday. All right, guys. All right, guys. We're gonna sign off so uh, Sam, Andres, and I could continue talking about FIFA until next time. Keep the blue flag flying high.